welcome to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Recently, we talked with Ben Hestley of Bull Shark Sports, which is a sports programming provider for neighborhoods in the Atlanta area. Ben's resume speaks for itself, and we had some great conversations ranging from how to help the GPTA to asking why there are beach clubs in the landlocked city of Atlanta. Have a listen and tell us what you think. What's Ben Hestley doing now? Yeah, so... um... Yeah, I was at Dunwoody Country Club for a couple of years, um, and uh, then I was at Druid Hills Golf Club for 14 um, as their director of tennis. And then, kind of got to where I was like, "Well, there's got to be something else, right?" Like uh, these country club gigs are nice; they're they're sweet, you know, they're 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 fun. But I've kind of done a lot in it, and being in a club environment for you know whatever 17 or some some odd years, thinking you know, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something else I can contribute to this sport and, and to kids in general. I mean, youth sports, you know, junior tennis is, is my passion. I do coach adults, but, but, you know, the kids are really where it's at for me. And so I have these neighborhoods. And so I was like, you know, this is crazy. This is, and I, I live in this neighborhood um, in Sagamore Hills and Briarcliff Woods beach club uh, is our, is our home club. And uh, it's a beautiful five courts, a swim tennis club, but it's five courts, swimming pool, a huge field in the back. And I'm thinking, there's why is there no program going on here? And thought, well, maybe I'm the guy. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. I can create this. And and so I did. And so, but we thought about what what is it? Like, what's my what's my whole point of of doing this? And and I've always been an advocate for multi sports. I've always encouraged kids, even the top tennis players, to play a uh, top junior players to play something else. I don't care if it's a season of basketball in the winter, whatever. Play something different. Um, so, you know, you just, just kind of continue to build that athletic base. Cause you never know, right. You just never know. You, I mean, so many kids sadly have played tennis for 10 years and they get to be 15, 16 and like, I don't feel like doing it anymore. And there's nothing for them to do anymore. There's nothing for them to fall back on. Right. And we've all heard those, those sad stories, but so I've always been an advocate for multi-sports. And so, you know, honestly, one night we were trying to figure out, we're going to do this. I'm going to, you know, try to go away from the club business, start my own company. What is this company going to be about? And, and my son and I were kind of sitting around the dinner table one night, just packing around business names. You know, I, did, I didn't want to do like Ben Hesley Academy or anything like that. I want to have something that was kind of unique. And so he's like, what about sharks? I like, I mean, he loves sharks. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's look at some sharks that we could, uh, that we could think about. Right. And so quickly we came up on the bull shark and the coolest thing about a bull shark, if you don't know, is that the bull shark, can survive and thrive really in freshwater and saltwater. So bull shark actually lives in the ocean and they live in rivers and lakes. And so we're like, that's perfect. That's like a, a multi-skilled shark, right? So let's bull shark sports or, you know, we're about multi-skilled athletes, multi-sport athletes. So put two and two together and, and bull shark sports was born. I like that. We, we talk with kids about naming things all the time and putting, putting time into naming something. And, and we did the same thing with, with tennis for children, which originally was ankle biters tennis, which was never going to be Sean Boyce tennis. That just was never going to be the thing. And I like that you put thought into the name rather than just put your name on it or, you know, Tennessee, tennis, 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 and then move on. And yeah, I, I like that you thought about it as to it's, it's personal, but also it's, it's thoughtful. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and people have loved it. They, they love it. They think it's cool. The kids think it's cool. Um, and then the other thing with the sports name, I mean, well, it's mainly tennis. Uh, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into that. You know, I, if we were going to branch into something and then quickly we got into baseball, you know, and, and then we do sports camps. So our, our camps in the summer are not just, they're, they're mainly, they're, we call them tennis and sports. So they're mainly tennis camps, but they're, you know, have a lot of other sports involved as well. So you're the perfect go tennis partner coach. I mean, that, that's, you, you fit right in to say, hey, look, we do tennis, but we also do all these other things. That was one of the things we did back in the day with ankle biters. We turned ankle biters tennis into ankle biters extracurriculars. So you just, you take that name so you allow it to scale. Okay, bull shark sports, we can do tennis, we can do baseball, we can do some soccer. 
it allows you to really expand into those camps. And that leads me to that, that question that says, okay, you're, you're in your one neighborhood. Do you have other neighborhoods? Is this a, is this a service you provide that can scale? Yeah. So right now we're program partner with two neighborhoods. One is Brockcliffe Woods Beach Club. Um, and I got that contact because I'm a member there. And then I had people there that wanted to have something like this at their club, at our club. And the other one was Linmore Woods, uh, which was really an untapped market. I kind of was putting some feelers out. And when I started this company back in 20, uh, 2021, and, you know, kind of just, you know, it's, it's the people business, right? We're still in, I mean, yeah, social media is great. Email marketing is great. Um, putting your name on a billboard is great, but honestly, it's, it's about who, you know, and, and just coming upon. And so I kind of happened upon somebody who in the same position we were looking for, um, she was the tennis chair at this little two court club, uh, right across, uh, Lawrenceville highway and Linmore woods and looking to start a tennis program. And that, that nobody had, nobody had been into that place in probably 20 years. Um, and I mean, I'm talking to the point where we got the, I mean, the courts were just, Courts had memory service in 20 years. There's cracks everywhere. Uh, and the courts were so beat down, the hard courts, that if it rained, I mean, you couldn't teach for like three days. Because <laughs> that's how long it took to dry out the, the, the asphalt. And but they got they got the courts resurfaced. Um, and we got kids coming in there. I go, I go there to, um, in season. I go there two days a week. And then I go to um, you know, do stuff at the beach club about three days a week. So, yeah, so those two neighborhoods and then also uh, do some private coaching. So people in the area who, um, you know, the good thing about a lot of these uh, swim and tennis clubs in our area is they don't there's no like contracts. You don't have like a, a set pro or a set company that runs the facility. Um, so the, the members can can hire whatever coach they want to come in. So I do a lot of private coaching at various neighborhoods for, you know, doing, doing it that way. So ben, what what part of town is that? So we're, my neighborhood is Sagamore Hills um, in Briarcliff Woods. Um, it's right next to Oak Grove. Uh, we're kind of in that uh, La Vista, Claremont, Briarcliff corridor right off. Uh, if you go down 85, see the Claremont Road exit, that's us. Listen, you're right by beautiful downtown Toco Hills. That is Toco Hills, yes. That's my hood. And that's... Okay, so I'm looking at that and I'm looking at in town. I'm looking at something called Beach Club. Help me out here. We're in you're you're inside the perimeter in Atlanta. Yeah, Georgia. man. I don't know, man. We we help me out. I didn't know. Uh, you know, so uh these neighborhoods have been around since oh man, probably the fifties or sixties. Um and um uh, so uh yeah, it's called Briarcliff Woods Beach Club, and and why Beach Club? I don't know. That's just it was There's no beach there, <laughs> no beach there, but swim tennis club. There's also a Leslie Beach um, that's not too far away from us, um, and evidently back in the day, something we got to get going again. But um, back in the day, the club members used to have battle of the beach clubs, and they would play sort of like an alta match against one another. Oh, um, kind of an inter club kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that a few years ago when I was at TPC. That was always something. And maybe that's just one of those things that's always on the table and never happens where all right. the clubs go, well, all right, we're country clubs. We should be able to do our own thing without these little neighborhoods. And we should be able to do kind of a, a higher level event and we'll do the inter And then it just kind of, as far as I can tell, never really happens. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you get, um, you know, as, as egotistical as us tennis pros are, we all get in a room. Nobody like takes responsibility for wanting to run with something like that. <laughs> That's true. Nobody wants to work. But it's always like we want to have it. You know, the idea is on the table, but nobody runs with it. The same happened for us. We um, so at Druid Hills, our centennial was uh, our club was Druid Hills Golf Club was founded in 1912. And so was Ansley Golf Club, funny enough, founded in 1912. So in 2012, we had a huge centennial event with both clubs. It was really awesome. Uh, we had a like we're talking about big inner club uh, tennis event, um, you know, tennis match, you know, Ansley versus Druid Hills. We had a golf tournament the same way. We had a big concert. Uh, it was really fun. And we, we kind of, you know, we got the big trophy and the idea was that the winner got the trophy. And then we were going to like do it um, every couple years. We were going to, you know, do it again and again and again. And of course that was the only time we ever did it. You know, we did it. So. Um. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Like you said, the, the tennis pro thing, where we all get in the same room and we think we're gonna save the save the world from whatever whatever ails tennis. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things Bobby and I talk about a lot because we try to with with the Go Tennis Project, we try to not end up with those same mistakes. We try to say, okay, we can we can do this. We can help in these ways. Let's ask what people want. Let's really do. Let's really listen to what's going on. And one of the things we're doing in the podcast is talking to somebody like you to say, all right, what do you do? Why do you do it? Where do you do it? How can we help? As opposed to this whole zero sum game, all the tennis pros are like, nope, this is my client. And I, I, there's, what's mine is mine and yours is yours. And, and don't, don't try to help me because I'm never going to help you kind of thing. Yeah. I'm hoping to change that culture a bit. And I, and I like hearing with, with the emails we've sent back and forth, you seem you have you haven't answered yes i love the culture change that you guys are talking about but uh you seem like the kind of guy that would fit in well with what we're looking at trying to do well it's just realizing that there's there's a slice of pie for everybody you know and i it's funny you, you were talking about this because it's something i've noticed you know being in the private club world for so long everybody worked for the same company right so similar to your experience at tpc you're on the, you're on the same team if you will you know and, and there, there was there was always little rivalries among pros of, you know, I, I taught Jenny for years and now she's taking lessons from you. And there's all that kind of, that kind of, you know, a little bit of jealousy going on, but I walk into these neighborhoods and the first thing I want to do in my company, I, I said, I, I don't want to be, and not there's not that there's anything wrong with, with management companies that, that do, do what they do. You know, the, the, the UTAs, the, the agapes that go in and they say, we're the management company for this facility. You can only do stuff from, our pros or, or whatever, nothing wrong with that. But I didn't want to do that. I said, look, I want to go in. I already know these neighborhoods have pros that, that the members like they're, they're coming in. And I got, I actually got offered that at, at the beach club. They said, would you want to be our, like our, our, our pro, like our club pro. And I, was, I mean, I don't want, I didn't want to do that. What I, what I want to do is come in and run some programs and fill voids without stepping on anybody else's toes. So a lot of what I do is, is, is run a programs, but also stay out of everybody else's way, you know? And, and so, and that goes for the, uh, the pros that are already coaching there and the members that want to play, you know, I don't want to come in and, and all of a sudden I'm running this big Academy three days a week and I'm taking up all the courts for, for three hours at a time, you know, so I'm very, I try to be very calculated in, in, in what we do. And then what's been interesting over the past year or so, you know, first, first few times I come in, you know, you got a pro over there teaching, uh, some ladies, another pro teaching an advanced junior, and I walk in with my 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 red and orange balls and my red nets, and I'm putting them out, you know, and all my my throwdown lines everywhere. I'm running like little kids classes, and they're kind of all looking at me like, "What's who is this guy? What's what's this going on?" And I already had a you know agreement with the club to do this, right? But they didn't know that. So all of a sudden, this guy shows up, and then there's that, like you said, there's it like you kind of don't make eye contact for a while, but you're kind of peeking over like what drills he doing? What drills she doing? Hey, how's it going? And, and, and over the course of, of a year, really, we figured out we're not in competition with one another. The people you coach are not the people I coach or nor want to coach, you know, and I'm not trying to take your student. You're not trying to take my student. We're just, we're here. And we kind of, and we, honestly, we kind of really work, um, kind of interdependently of one another, if that makes sense. Um, and in a way, have a great working relationship where we actually get, we cover all the needs of that club. Because while I'm coaching a bunch of middle school kids, there's a coach, there's a pro over there coaching, you know, a lady C Alta team. I don't want to coach a lady C Alta team. She does it perfect. You know, I want to coach the middle school kids. And we want know? to see more of that. We want to see that where also are you not talking to the middle school kids parents and saying, Hey, you need, if you want to consider playing some tennis, you need to call, you know, the coach Joe over there and then coach Joe doing the same thing. Hey, do your kids play? You need to call Ben. He's fantastic. Like to be able to actually not just get along, but also promote one another and help actually, you know what, let's bring in more people to the sport rather than just having that whole, no, don't look over there. Pretend there's no other coach. Yeah. You know, pretend there's no other option but me. Yeah. And competition is good. I think competition is healthy. You know, uh, there's things I, I, I used to do that I've changed or things I would never do that I, I now do. You know, like I just 
it's yeah, it's it's fine, you know. And you were the good segue into your role with the GPTA because I always tell Sean that you were the last relevant leader of the GPTA when they were still trying to do something more than just have lunch together. Uh, where, where did you when you took over that role? Where did you want to take it, and what did you envision the GPTA could become? Yeah, you know, that's funny you say that. Um, you know, and I've changed my tune on that. I mean, when I first uh, started this, started from sort of my career, I was thinking I was shooting for the moon, right? I mean, I was going to be the, you know, general manager at the biggest private club in the country, you know, or or the or the tennis director at the biggest club in the in the country, you know, and 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 um, you know, and then so when I was when I was on the board at GPTA uh, with GPTA. You know, we we did a lot of cool things, and we we but you know we kind of for we lost our way. We kind of forgot who we were and what we were about, you know. And we were talking about. I mean, we got on the track of like we were going to do certification, you know, because you know USPTA had their certification, PTR had theirs, but then GPTA could come in with with you know Alta create has a whole different environment, and we could have the the Alta certified pro via GPTA. I mean, we had, I mean, we had, and we had for a while we had Kia, we had like corporate sponsors. I mean, it was you know got it got to, and we had uh, who was it? Snapple was a sponsor one year. We had a big event with Snapple, uh, Snapple on Dr Pepper, or Dr Pepper on Snapple. I forget which one you know who owns who, but. Um, but they were a big sponsor one and we, you know, and we, we did some huge things. We brought in some huge names. Um, and, uh, but you know, you sort of, you, you kind of get too big for your britches, you know, and you realize that, you know what, having a bunch of guys that meet at, you know, the rusty nail and have beers and talk about how to give a good lesson is fine, you know? Um, and we learn from that, you know, and we, and we realize we're all on the same team. We're all kind of, um, you know, we're not, we're not necessarily all in the, you know, in the same boat, but we're definitely in the same ocean, you know? And so trying to, you know, to steer our ships in, in, in the same direction, but is that what kind of you're asking? I mean, I. Well, what we, I mean, cause it's a lot of the kind of the void that we're trying to create is be that first phone call for the Atlanta tennis player. And I always felt like the GPJ, like I said, under your stewardship, that it was getting close to that. They were doing events. They were making it a little bit bigger because I you always hear the argument from the guys. Well, we're not promoting the pros enough, and I think there's relevance to that. But I also think, like you said, a lot of times they overshot the value or wanted to place the value of themselves a little too high. When you have to do an introduction and you have to gain people's trust, and I after you left and the the leadership wasn't the same, it kind of become more of a and i can't even say networking because it i think more than anything the network the independent pros will show up and some of the the content but it's struggled since you've been gone yeah they, they've no they've, i know they really struggled and i i um you know there's probably a lot of reasons reasons for that um but you have plenty of time, Ben. So if you'd like to start at reason number one and work your way down, oh, work your way right down. All right. So yeah, I'm yeah. very curious. Well, we talk, about the G, we talk about the GPTA a lot and we talk about what they could do. And I love that you said, hey, we got a little maybe too big for our britches back in the day with, you know, taking your mind, your original mindset of I'm the greatest tennis pro ever like, as we all come in. And yeah, all right. We, we think we, we have to humble ourselves and realize how good we're not and how much we have to learn and how things actually work. And so I am curious, you say, okay, well, when I was there, we had these great ideas, we did some cool things, and then maybe hit a wall in certain places as to which direction we were going. But if we could, you know, if, if Bobby and Sean and Ben were to be the GPTA, or maybe, maybe just give advice and say, okay, here are three things that we really would either love to see the GPTA do, or here's how you can improve what you're doing. Do you have, I'm putting you on the spot, I didn't this is kind of something that just comes up. Say, uh, you have two or three things that you'd say, yes, here's where I'd go. I'm I'm GPTA president again. You know, um, I'm no, I am. I could sort of take credit for the lunch and learn idea. That was sort of my idea. We had, um, we're getting at a time where when I first started joining the GPTA, we had a lot of evening events. And then, I mean, you know, if you're a pro, I mean, you make a lot of money from the hours of you know 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Right during the week. Um, and it was interesting because we did have a lot of people come, 
But as, as it got busier, um, and what happened, what, what really happened was the, the market changed. And so a lot of people think about like, you know, obviously what happened in 2008, you know, a lot of clubs struggled. And then what happened on the back end of that was that a lot of, we, we started having more um, dual income families, right? And so now I know it's just at Druid Hills and it's something we talked about all the time from staff level, tennis committee level, all the way up to the board. It was, you know, traditional clubs, you would have, you know, the, you know, stay at home moms that played in the mornings, you know, the kids played after school, the men played at night. Everybody's happy, right? Everybody has their spot. Now, when mom decides she wants to work, um, now you've got two or, or, you know, now you've got dual income families. You got, you got, you got husband and wife, you know, or, or, or spouse, right? So it's a, two people um, that are now fighting for the same court time because they both have jobs. They both have responsibilities in, in a work life. And so they're not available till the evening. So now it's not just the men's time from six o'clock to eight o'clock. The women need that time as well because they've also been at work all day. And so now what that does for us as coaches, not only does that, it changed the market. Cause so on, so now your courts are packed at night because you've got, you know, two genders that are, that are vying for that same time slot. And you need more pros because now you got to, I mean, at Druid Hills, in my time at Druid Hills in 14 years, we went from two women's Sunday alpha teams to 10. And you think about that. How That's that, a big difference. You know, and you talk about wanting to get a court on a Tuesday night and you got five men's alpha teams and 10 women's alpha teams. That's a, that's a lot of courts and that's a lot of coaches, you know. And we and see so, the kids staying at the uh, daycares longer because both parents, both parents work till six. They pick the kid up at six. Hey, can my kid have a lesson 630 or so? Something like that. No, no, yeah, can't, I mean, I mean, you can't even get a lesson then. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. Wants that time frame. Yeah, that probably doesn't work for a GPTA evening event. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's bring it back to full circle GPTA. So we so seeing that we changed it to lunch and learns. And so the idea was, hey, you can. Um, let's give the guys a good lunch. Uh, let's give the pros a nice lunch. Um, have a key, a keynote speaker, or maybe some, maybe there's a speaker, some events, maybe some events we do like a round table kind of thing. Um, and then you're out of there by two o'clock. Right. And that worked really, really well. And we, and we tried to sort of move it around the city, you know, so it wasn't always at Dunwoody country club or somewhere like that, you know, as we kind of moved around a bit, we did a pretty good job of that. Um, but I think a lot of times with these organizations, it's volunteer base, right? We're not USPTA. And I said this many times in our in our board meetings, run, running the organization, both as the president and then after I was finished, was USPTA has a, a paid staff. PTR has a paid staff. USTA has a paid staff. Alta has a paid staff. We don't have anybody. I mean, we had we we paid someone to run the website, but there's no paid people to do this. We're doing we're doing that. You're on mute. Oh, yeah, I know. I, sorry, I try to I try to stay muted so I don't jump in too much because I can't help myself sometimes. But I was like, how long ago was it that you had somebody paid to build that website? Because they certainly haven't paid anybody recently. Yeah, exactly. And and well, they don't have the funds to, you know. And so it's just, and that's kind of where he drew back to, like, let's, you know, we got too big for our britches. Let's let's realize who we are. We could we just couldn't keep it going, you know. We just you just you can't go with that. Um, and that's one thing I've learned. You know, there's one thing I've learned in my career is like you, you you can't go full steam forever, right? And you're gonna you're gonna burn out at some point, and that's what happened with GPTA. I mean, just we had a lot of people that were super invested, um, and we were going full force, full head of steam, and doing lots of great things, and building the organization. I mean, I've got we got to like 250 members at one time, which was more than much more than they ever had, and then it just it just burned out because a lot of us we we moved on. We had we had you know, family lives. We had, um, you know, our kids started growing up. We want to do different things with our careers. And it just, and then, and then the second thing is, you know, th there wasn't a pipeline. We didn't do a good job of, of having a pipeline there of, you know, that's something everyone talks about with tennis pros is the pipeline of who's the next person coming up. That's going to take over the, the, whatever, the, the, the next directorship or next head pro or next president of GPTA, whatever, whatever it might be. Well, if you've only got 80 members, it doesn't have the same pool 
from a, if you got 250, you've got maybe 1% that might be interested. And that gives you a couple of members, you know, a couple of board members. But yeah. at 80, 1% doesn't get you anybody. Right. Gets you less than one board member. Bobby and I talk about that 1% thing. I'm like, just assume you're going to get 1% of whatever you're trying to do. So <laughs> if you can't get at least 100 of something, yeah. you got less than one. You can do it. No. Um, I love the fact that you're doing doing a unique facility management company. Um, I think a lot of coaches out there, I did the same thing. Oh, I'm going to come out. I'm just going to run run a little club or run neighborhoods. And I'll, I think uh, Gwinnett Tennis does something similar. Chase Hodges had a thing doing that for a while. So everybody thinks they can run a facility, but it sounds like you're not just, hey, I'm the tennis guy. You get a chance to run more, like the extracurricular side. Let's do real full-on programming for kids so that your your uniqueness is there and back to the name bull shark where well, i really like that but if, if so, we were... yeah so for first off i'm sorry to cut you off yeah please John. we're this is a program provider company a neighborhood partnership company i don't want i'm not a facility manager i'm not going to come in and tell you how to manage your clay courts or uh, be responsible for changing the lights you know we want to go in run the programs Right. And then, and then let, let somebody else handle that, that other stuff. I, I like that specific difference that uh, that's a much better way to do it. Yeah. I don't want to be changing light bulbs. Well, I mean, it, it goes, it goes back to like, let, let's let everybody have a slice of the pie. Right. If, if I'm going to be the facility manager for a, for a swim tennis club, I'm not going to want, and I'm the one that's responsible for making sure the lights are changed. I'm the one responsible for the clay court maintenance. I'm responsible for blowing the, the hard courts off uh every day i'm responsible for changing the trash out i am i going to want another pro coming in just walking up with their basket rolling on the court making money after i've spent all this time getting the facility ready i'm gonna i'm gonna want a slice of that right i'm gonna want a, a, a cut of that right and then that kind of gets ugly then you right? end up managing people I mean, uh, yeah. we've all managed uh between the three of us we've all managed other tennis pros and, and then that's unique you know, I mean, I remember, I remember I first got to Drew Hills. One thing I did was we had this lady and, and she, so we, um, uh, like most clubs do, we, we did a, a lottery system, right? So we had, okay, do your lottery and whatever, you know, number you get, that's what number pick you get for your, your clinic time for your alpha team. Well, she didn't get the time she wanted. Right. So she sends me an email that she's hired this pro to come in and teach at the time that she wants, <laughs> wants the, uh, wanted the lesson, right? And uh, I had to explain to her why that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, and so, but, but that was the rule at Druid Hills, right? You, you, in most private clubs, you, you can't just hire, we, we provide it. You join the club. We hire, we have a staff at your disposal, right? Um, which can get dirty as well. Yeah, we have the help available for you, right? Um, and so, you know, and, and it's different. In a swim tennis club, there's no staff. The I mean, as, as I say a lot of times too, because because we have some, um, you know, let's just say a few entitled people, and 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 the yeah. whole you know conversation of of millennials and that sort of thing, and you know, people who literally will, 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 will not change the trash out, you know, and then, and, and the deal at the beach at, at the beach club has always been, it's a member's club, you know, we, we, the, the motto for us is the members are the staff, right? Which means if you are the last, if you are the member at the pool, that's shoving your beer can down in the trash can, you know, cause it's so full, like that should be a hint to pull the trash and go take the trash out. Right. Um, you know, you, you ordered, you know, you ordered five pizzas for you and your family. Don't leave the pizza boxes sitting out on the table. There, there's no bus boy here. Okay. You are the bus boy. Um, and so like, so to that end, you know, member wants to bring in their own pro. I'm fine with that, you know, but it's a different environment. It's a different, different type of club. Yeah. We get people, we get people a lot say, well, we, um, can you can you do the program? Wouldn't it be great? We live in Chateau Alon. We live relatively near there. Hey, can you? I got a friend in Chateau Alon. Can we just go over there and you can coach it? I said, I can't. I said, they have a program installed. They have a tennis coach that works there. It is his job to run tennis there. And so I don't go in and 
that's not a, it's not an open system. You know, TBC right. Sugarloaf, Druid Hills, that those private clubs, it's less of an open. It, it, there's there's no openness to it. It is here are your coaches. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> and there you go. But with the neighborhoods, that's good. It's, it's more of an open scenario where we talk to our HOA here as well. We say the same thing. Look, this is really what we focus on. We're going to teach some tennis lessons. We focus mostly with the kids, but we don't want an exclusive because an exclusive comes with strings and that, and that's not where we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing for me was, was quality of life, man. I mean, one of the reasons I got out of the club business was, was, was quality of life. Right. I mean, I have two young kids. 16, 80 um, hours a week. I'm heavily involved in their, in their lives, you know, and, uh, you know, and so if I don't want to coach, I don't want to, I don't coach, you know, I mean, if I, if I say, Hey, this week, I'm, you know, we're, we're going out of town. I don't do a program that week and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I like that a lot. So in, in, and I'm, I'm glad you interrupted. So that all right. So we got to get to this King, King of tennis question here. Yeah. So King of tennis, we, sure. it's one of my favorite questions because it's, you can take it any way you want. Um, and I kind of like to do it toward the end because later after this, we're going to ask, well, you know, what's Bull Shark doing right now? What's, you know, what's next for you? And ask for something kind of what do you what do you want? How can we help you promote what you're doing? But before that, if there's a if you're made king of tennis, whether it's global, we've had all kinds of different answers from a global change to only in Atlanta to only Alta. Is there something you would change about tennis anywhere? If you could just snap your fingers and make a difference. Yeah, that's a hard one. I've thought a lot about this, you know, since we've been emailing. That's why I love it. It's a great question. The loaded question. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, um, I think for me, it would be more like, why do we have to kind of on the same subject, right? There, there, if, if, if there's something really good, Let's let's all let's all gravitate to it, stick with it, and use recognize it's a great product and use it, right? Like, and we have so many different organizations, right? Why why are there so many like? And I'm not when I say this, I'm not saying we we unify them, right? There's been talk for years about you know unifying USPTA and PTR. I don't know that that's the best thing, but definitely recognize if someone if someone has something, it's okay, right? Like, you know, like, a, a, let, let's, let's just, let's, the elephant in the room here is UTR, right? UTR is a great product. It's awesome. A lot of my kids that I work with, um, they play UTR tournaments, right? Now, if I was king of tennis and I could, I could control UTR, I would, I would have UTR have uh, a level for the orange ball and green ball space. I think that's something we, we, we've lost, you know, I think we, you know, we, we came out, I was a huge advocate of quick start. I was one of the first. Adopt, early adopters. Um, I did have the me and Turhan Bernay had the first two 10 under orange ball USTA teams in Atlanta. We had there was there was me and him. Yeah, he had a team at Capital City. I had a team at Druid Hills. We played each other like six times. That was the league. Was was the two of us. But we believed in it. We believed in orange ball tennis. We thought it was great. It helped kids develop match play skills from early on. Um, and, and so, you know, I, not, not to get into arguments over whether your eight-year-old should play yellow ball or orange ball, but we do need to have, and we did for a while, like that, like 2008 to 2012, 13, we had it really good where we had a lot of high quality orange ball and green ball events. And we've lost that. And I think UTR is great because the rating system is, is good. We you don't have to argue the algorithms and how accurate they are, but it, it works. The kids get into it. Uh, they run great events. Um, and, and the thing in our area that I like about UTR is they, they're four hour tournaments, you know? So I've got kids that can play multi-sports uh, tenant. Let's say they play soccer, right? If their soccer game is, is on Saturday, well, they can play a Sunday UTR tournament, you know? They don't have to tie up three days, a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, waiting around, you know, where, when are you going to play, right? Uh, I play at 8 a.m., but if I lose, I play at 12. If I win, I play at 4. You know, well, that doesn't help me, you know. Um, so I, I think we, we, you know, UTR has got a good thing going. And go on. so then let's just use it. Let's all use it, right? And then I would have them say, okay, we're going to come out maybe like, 
you know, maybe it's like the sub-zero levels, right? So um, you have like, so UTR, as we know, is, is starts at zero. So maybe, and it's all yellow ball. So maybe you go, okay, below that, you know, like the, I don't know, just throw a number out there. Maybe negative three is orange ball. And as you grab get closer to zero, okay, like negative one is like green ball, okay? So then as you, if you bump over rating to zero into positive numbers, now you can play with yellow balls or something like that, right? Sub-zero, I like that. I wrote that down, I'm like, sub-zero. Right. Sub-zero, yeah. So we I'm have calling Chase Hodges this afternoon. <laughs> He'll do it, right? Um, Probably. But something like that where, you know, we're all in, in, in look, it's great to have different organizations and, and, and everything, but we also want to have a unified approach. And I think with the rating system, UTR is something that's really solid. Um, so why do we have to reinvent the wheel, right? Why do we have to like, oh, I, I, and, and that's something that's always been a problem with our industry is like, if you've got something, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to try to make my own thing better. Like why? You already have it. Just use it. Like what's, who cares, Right. Just recognize what it is and 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 market it and promote it. And and you know, I mean, tennis is tennis, man. I mean, the more we get kids on the court hitting balls, the better our, better we're all gonna be, you know. I think we can all agree on that. Um, so I, I don't well, that smells like an entirely different conversation that there seems to be a little dissatisfaction with the top of the hierarchy in our industry. I don't know. That might have been what I heard. That might have been my biased interpretation. I don't know. Well, we'll get Javier Palenque to talk to us next time. <laughs> the ultimate USTA hater, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, USTA had an opportunity, right? UTR is sitting right there. You, you want to re, you redo your, your uh, tournament structure, right? Got to modernize. Why don't we have to reinvent the wheel? Why, why don't we just, hey, UTR, let's partner, man. Let's, you know, let's do it. Right. And I think that's the and they've done it on so many different sure. levels. Sorry, what's that, Bobby? I mean, they've done it on so many different levels. And I'll go back to what Ben said earlier about, you know, somebody coming into Druid Hills to give a lesson. To me, the, the, not only is the failing, I understand what Ben's coming from. To me, the, the tragedy is that that pro thought it was okay. So there's a terrible failing within the hierarchy and the industry in education from the get-go and that that lack of cohesiveness hurts us on every level as far as we don't have the panache of somebody who is a pga pro that we're always explaining ourselves we're having to sacrifice and make concessions because we just don't carry that same clout and we have to put up with as ben said so many things that you know i had a good friend who used to say look i don't mind getting shot from the back, because I from the front, because I expected. But if I'm getting shot from the back, that's a problem, and that to me has always been the problem with the, in the industry. And those are type of the things that that is driving our motivation to try to change things a little bit. Well, I'll give you a good example. So I I serve on uh, I have served on many USDA committees, both locally and nationally. Currently, I'm on a task force, um, the ADM task force, and it's a national task force bunch of coaches around the country and uh for the um american development de development model right and so i did this exercise with them and i said because now i'm doing multi-sports so I, I i research other sports and, and i'm you know certified in other sports uh to co as a coach so i said all right let's think about this like what, what is usta like usta is trying to define themselves so um and i'll ask you guys this what you, I, I give you the word usta give me elevator what what, what is usta Bobby, go. U.S. Open. Okay, let me say, what does USTA do? Actually do or supposed to do? No, no, no. It's what do they do. Just, just what do you think? <laughs> All right. So. I'd say they run tur I'd say they run tournaments and leagues and claim to you. grow the sport. Thanks, Sean. That's exactly what I wasn't trying to lead you, but that's exactly what I said. I said, what? So I said this. All right. USA Baseball. Does USA Baseball run leagues and tournaments? I don't know baseball. They have they have USA baseball teams. So, you know, they have high level teams, but you know, there's there's a ton of organizations around the country that run baseball tournaments and baseball leagues. You know, um USA baseball is not going to run your local park recreational baseball league, you know. 
USA Baseball is the governing body of baseball. They kind of give guidelines on how baseball should be coached and organized. USA Basketball, same thing. USA Soccer, same thing. Um, but when I say USTA, you guys in, this, in the in task force, same thing, automatically leagues and tournaments. They don't think governing body of our sport. So why does it USTA be the governing body of our sport? Just give guidelines. You can provide programs. You know, you can provide products like, uh, you know, round robins or, 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 you know, red ball team challenges, but don't feel like you have to run leagues and tournaments. So if I bring it back to King of Tennis, do you tell USTA to stop running local nah, leagues and tournaments? I don't think so. I mean, my, my point is they get too much in the weeds of, of, of leagues and tournaments. And so like we're leagues and tournaments. And so when someone else has a good league or a good tournament, then they have to go reinvent the wheel, right? And that's probably where WTN comes in. It's like, well, UTR, we'll create, we'll do our own thing and it'll be better, mm. okay? And that's the answer. And that's the answer a lot of times, rather than just recognizing that someone has something really good and how, how can I partner and be more a part of that? That's you know? where we, we all respect Alta. They do one thing. This is what we do. We do leagues. Like, stick with that. We do leagues. We also only do leagues in Atlanta. It's like, get really good at that one thing and do it. Well, right? I mean, end up, end up, in Atlanta, we're a little, little loose with what Atlanta is, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, north of Macon, south of Chattanooga. I mean, you know, so it's kind of. It's, it's a big area. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, the urban sprawl of Atlanta, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. And, it, and I, and I've got to go back before I forget, you mentioned something and you mentioned the, the PGA pro that, that Bobby mentioned the PGA coach is the, the ultimate you go and you pay your $150 an hour for your golf lesson. Right. Is there a guy that will come to your local golf course with a few golf clubs in his trunk, like the tennis coach, the uncertified tennis coach that can come up and charge $25 an hour for a lesson. Is there a is there a version of that in golf or like is, there, is there a trunk golf coach that people are like oh no I got the twenty four twenty five dollar guy and and I'm really happy with it but does that even exist? First of all, Sean, I don't know where you're living, but they're not charging twenty five bucks an hour. They're charging sometimes more than we are. You know, I mean, I, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've seen baseball hitting coaches that are charging hundred and hundred twenty bucks an hour. I've seen tennis coaches, you know. Uh, I've, I've coached next to them and the, and heard the lady say, how much do I owe you? And he says, oh, it's a hundred bucks. And I'm like, hundred dollars for that. <laughs> I mean, wow. So I guess I look over and I still see in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's the $25 an hour guy. Yeah. Right. And I'm, and I'm looking you know, we're, we're the hundred dollar an hour people because we're certified and we do our continuing education. And that's another thing probably for another time. Cause I got about six minutes left. Um, but that I want to talk to you because one of the ways I contacted you recently was reading your article in 2019 Net News about why going to a certified pro. And that's one of the things I wanted to, I want to follow up with you at some point and say, hey, can we update that? I'd love to find out if you want to rewrite it or you like how that article is. And we'll let's promote that again because we want to promote that idea, especially if the uncertified coaches are teaching probably potentially bad tennis lessons. And they're charging as much or more as we are. We we need to make sure that's known. That somebody needs to know that. But yeah, I definitely I definitely want to know um, kind of what's what what's that sales pitch on? Okay, we're certified. Like, I don't think the golf the PGA golf pro has a problem pointing out why he's better than the guy who is un, uncertified. Like he doesn't have his PGA card. You just don't take lessons from anybody who doesn't have that. And maybe it's just a, an industry culture difference. Yeah, I think too. Like, what are you, what? Are you, why are you certified? Like, why are you? I mean, um, you know, to me, I'm you know, I'm, I'm a been a USTA coach developer, and and I've been a PTR clinician. I'm now a USPTA coach developer. Um, and, and when we work with these coaches that are getting certified, it, it is kind of sad. I mean, it's like you get two answers like, well, my boss made me do it or I'm doing it for the insurance purposes. Right? I'm doing it that you get, you know, you become a USCA, USPTA pro. I get liability insurance. Like do it for the education. Like you should want to be a knowledgeable coach in your area, in your field, right, in your sport. Um, 
and and that and if you are that it, that's that takes care of itself right i mean i don't think and this is where we got on the wrong foot with a lot of with our industry probably is you go hey i'm uspta certified um here's my badge you should take from only certified pros like well what if i don't want to take from certified pro you know I mean, what if i want to take from this you know billy somewhere you know I, I do think the mindset needs to change to, I see us sometimes in baseball as well. It's like, and I used to drive me nuts in tennis when I would say, you know, oh, my son takes from, you know, from, from Billy Joe. He played it. He played at Georgia or, oh, my, my, oh, my coach or my kid's coach is Maria. She was top 50 in the world. Okay. Objection. Relevance. Yeah, I mean, you said zero about her. There's nothing to do with coaching. About their coaching. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so, you know, and, and like, you know, sort of part of, and part of, as a coach developer, like one of the, in these workshops that we run, one of the first things we ask the, the, the coaches, you know, the, they're, they're getting certified is we ask them, you know, think about your, it's an exercise where think about your best coach that you've ever had, your favorite coach of all time, any sport. And, let's shoot out some uh, some things that they taught you, some some things that come to mind when you think about this coach that you really enjoyed as a player yourself. And it's all built around, I mean, 10% of the time, you'll have the one dude that talks about his coach who taught him an amazing American twist serve, right? But most people talk about they like their coach because he was a nice guy, he was loyal, he taught me how to be a good teammate, he showed me how to have good sportsmanship, he was supportive when I felt angry um, or whatever, whatever it is. It's all usually what comes out is the soft skills. We call them right. The soft skills of like, you More know, character stuff, right. Character traits and being a good person and, and trying hard and, and, and helping me through tough times and, and those sorts of things versus he taught me a, a, an awesome, you know, wicked topspin forehand or whatever. Right. Um, but we sort of, I guess lose that where like um, you know we and we talk about character we and how much how important that is we talk about building multi-sport athletes but then what do we what's the first thing we do as tennis coaches we get into a tennis conference and we start talking about, oh I got I got this play. we don't talk about hey I really helped Mary yesterday she was really feeling bad she had a tough day at school but she came out and she rallied through and and when I was able to get her to back on the right track and we had a great tennis lesson we talk about, we don't talk about that. We talk about like what our kids are ranked, you know, Hey, what's uh, Sean, you, I, I got this, I got like 10 kids that are like, well, that are like six UTRs. And we used to talk about the rate, the rankings, you know, we used to talk about, I got, I got this kid who's, who's two in Georgia, you know, like we always talk about, you know, rather than just. Instead of me saying, Hey, by the way, little Johnny hit, he made contact for the first time yesterday. Right. Yeah. Nope. Nobody said that. Right. You know, I get to say it every week. It's fantastic. Um, but I got a I got a hard stop coming up, and I need to ask you if there's anything we can do for you. So, Bull Shark Sports, what do you do? You have anything coming up? Do you have, you know, what what helps you in your industry if the podcast and Go Tennis specifically? Because we're going to do a calendar of events. We're going to be a full event management system for the Atlanta area, which is bigger than just Atlanta, as, as we admit. Yeah, uh, and we're and we're counting on. <laughs> that's part of that's part of what we're counting on. Right. But what, what do you what do you have coming up? What do you need? What's good for you in the in the Atlanta area? If if we can be a friend to Ben Hestley, what would that look like? Yeah, just I mean, just a resource, right? I mean, that's that's all that's all I need. I mean, you know, just just a good resource, and, and I think kind of circle back to GPTA, just a bunch of you know, a, a networking opportunity to sit down and and and, and talk and conversate and learn from each other. You know. Um, you know, my, my mindset on tennis is much different than it was several years ago. You know, um, I'm not out there trying to make the, the next U S open champion. You know, I'm not even trying to make a tournament player. I'm just trying to use tennis as a vehicle to create athletes. And, and I, I personally feel that tennis, that the sport of tennis teaches so many athletic skills that you can transfer to any sport you want to play. Um, and I've experienced that in my career. I haven't had many players going to play college tennis, but I've had a lot of players going to be successful in other sports through playing tennis. And that's kind of where I came to this philosophy. Um, you know, summer camps come up and things like that, but 
um, really just, you know, put the name out there. People continue to look at the website. I'm still building this company, you know, uh, much like you guys, I'm trying to write blogs. I'm trying to post videos. I'm not that good at it, but I'm trying. And, and, and eventually we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. I mean, we're, there's plans for down the road to have our own facility. I would love to have a facility, you know, kind of, I know we only have a few minutes, but, you know, take the batting cage uh, approach to tennis, right? Like, why can't we come in and, and you know, use ball machines, you know, hit, hit on a ball machine or serve? Like, if you're going to work on somebody's serve for a 20-minute private, do you really need a full tennis court? Or just like a cage, you can work on their serve or work on their forehand or whatever. So um, I'm seeing that on the baseball side, and, and my wheels are turning. Like, how can we how can we make, a, a, you know, a D-bat, if you're familiar with D-bat, um, you know, it's a national you know, kind of a batting cage company, but how can we take that to, to tennis? You know, I think that's a great idea. And we'll add that. So we got to talk about the facility because you said that, and I just had seven ideas pop into my head too. We need to talk about that. Um, we need to talk about quite a few other things um, in, in at length, I'm sure. Um, but I gotta, I gotta run. I know Bobby sounds like he just landed where he's going. Um, and I really appreciate your time, Ben, because we're gonna we're gonna get you we're gonna get you involved. We're gonna get involved with what you do. Uh, we've talked facility as well. We've talked trying to figure out how to how to write blogs and how to generate content and really how to make make things better. As as I've been saying recently, make Atlanta tennis even better than it already is. And I think we can do that together. Absolutely. Well, thank, and Ben, I apologize. I apologize. I was on the road, but I feel good in the fact that. After having you speak, I said how important it was to have you on the podcast. So thank you for being you, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Well, there you have it. We want to thank Rejuvenate for use of the studio. Be sure to check out Rejuvenate.com if you're interested to improve your fitness, health, and wellness, and not interested in a commute to the gym. Check out our other episodes at AtlantaTennisPodcast.com. Also, find us on social media and let us know what you think about our conversation. Mostly, click that follow button. Whether you listen periodically, you can follow us in your podcast app, which helps us keep the show going. And with that, we're out.